the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's going on, everyone? And thanks for listening to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Hi, I'm Rich Piazza, publisher of FantasyShed.com. Find me on Twitter at RichPFantasy and at FantasyShed underscore com. If you are listening, you probably already know that this show is on all major podcasting apps, so please go and subscribe. Although I think now it's called Follow. I know Apple Podcasts and some other got rid of the subscribe button, and it's now called Follow. Either way, go subscribe, go follow. Very much appreciated. If you are on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. I would appreciate that as well. While you're here, you should also go, or while you're there, you should also go and subscribe to the New York Sports Beat podcast as well, especially for those in the New York area. Very good podcast. We're talking all things New York sports. Frequently have on Eric Frank, Hank Hunton. We go through everything. Um, Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, Knicks, Nets, of course, and some hockey mixed in, although not by me because I don't know what I'm talking about there. All right, enough about that. So here we are in June. It's June 2nd when this is being recorded. Things are going to start picking up now with training camps and NFL, and we're still waiting on some news on Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones and stuff like that, right? Deshaun Watson, of course, as well. And fantasy season, this is when you start maybe to pay attention a little more of those casual players who might not pay much attention during the regular offseason, and maybe you check out the draft or whatnot. But now, June, July is when you really start to dig deep, when you start going on your favorite websites and whatnot, and you start preparing for your leagues, hopefully. I mean, I'm talking redraft. Obviously, Dynasty, you guys are year-round, and you're probably more up-to-date on things anyway. So... What we're going to do, my last episode was on the uh, fantasy impact of the rookie quarterbacks. Now I'm going to touch on the fantasy impact of the rookie running backs. And this focuses, again, primarily on redraft. Dynasty, you've, you've already been looking at your information. You already know, right? You probably already had your rookie draft, so that's why I'm focusing more on the redraft side of things for this particular show. And we'll start with Nigel Harris. Harris is somebody that I'm a big fan of, somebody that I feel is actually going to potentially be underdrafted as far as right now where he's drafted. ADP of 3.07, which is fair. That's not anything that's not too high. I don't think that's too low. Harris was the number one running back on our board entering the draft, so it's fitting that he was the first running back to be drafted as well. The Steelers, number 24 overall, obviously with the selection, and with an obvious need for a bell cow type back since Le'Veon Bell, and that's what Harris is. He's the one back, in my opinion, from this class that enters a situation in which you won't have to worry about the other players at the position. He is far superior than any other running back on the Steelers. That's a given. 
he will be given the ball. A lot. The Steelers are not going to rely on the arm of Ben Roethlisberger as much as they have in the past. We've all seen what Ben Roethlisberger looks like over the past couple of years. That is why you go and you take a running back in the first round at number 24, as they did. What about the offensive line? I'm not as concerned about that as others. And the reason why is because, number one, I feel that he is a good enough running back where he can create his own holes as well. Number two, his use in the pass game will make up for that in terms of fantasy production. He is going to be far more involved in the passing game than probably any other rookie running back. And I'm talking about, well, right now, I'll get to Travis Etienne in a little bit. But I'm talking about the guys that could be on the field for all three downs. And right now, he's probably the only one that looks to have that role. And right now, he's currently ranked as our RB9 at FantasyShed.com. And I think I'd be comfortable drafting him in the early to mid-second round. So his ADP right now, 3.7, is very good. If you can still get him in the third round, absolutely pull the trigger. He's also the number one running back, obviously, in terms of dynasty. And for those of you that still have to do your rookie drafts, he should be a top five pick in those drafts as well. Travis Etienne, ADP of 4.07. And I'm not buying the talk about the Jaguars using using Etienne as the pass-catching back only. Nobody has any idea what we can expect from Urban Meyer on the professional level. But even he wouldn't be so foolish as to use a first-round pick on a running back that he only plans on using in certain situations. Could he? I find that hard to believe. And I know what the reports are coming out of Jacksonville about in OTAs, voluntary OTAs or whatever it is, he was used primarily as a receiver, not even a running back, as a receiver. And again, I highly doubt that they used a first-round pick on a running back that they want to make a receiver. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. But everybody loves and already loves last year's fantasy darling, James Robinson. But guess what? Etienne's better. He's much more talented than Robinson. And just because you refuse to believe it doesn't mean it isn't true. There's a reason that Robinson was an undrafted free agent and Etienne was a first-round pick. And by the midway point in the season... If not even sooner, Etienne will be the lead back. And he will be on the field for all three downs, not the third down. And and what I mean by that is he'll be in the running back position for all three downs. He might be in the slot for first and second down. And then in the running back position for third down. I'm talking about on the field, in the running back behind in the running back position behind the quarterback for all three downs by the midway point in the season, if not sooner. And it is for that reason and belief that you will find him ranked higher on our board than most. He's a back-end RB2 for me. 
with the upside for better, and he should be drafted as such. Javante Williams, ADP in the back end of the seventh round. Not the best landing spots for Williams, at least not for this upcoming season, which may not be a popular take in fantasy circles. I see what's going on. Everybody loves Javante Williams and is hating, hating on Melvin Gordon. And I'm not saying Melvin Gordon is the same running back that he used to be because he's not. But I don't think he's, he's not just going away. Unless by, by something happens and they release him this year. He's in the final year of a contract. You know what that means? As long as he's on the roster, which I fully expect him to be all year, he's going to get work. Even more so because he's in the final year of his contract. And the team doesn't have any obligation to him beyond this season. So why not get the most out of him? Use him. Run him to the ground. And then this way, you let him walk, and Javante Williams has pretty fresh legs entering year two of his NFL career next year. So Williams, he's worthy of his current ADP. I have no problem with it where he is right now in the seventh round. But keep in mind that that comes with risk, because we really don't know how much playing time he's going to get as a rookie. We just don't. So the seventh round is fair. Upside is there. There's also risk for that. Because it's those rounds there, 5th, 6th, 7th rounds, that you really want to find these guys that can complement your team who can actually be league winners. And he can be. He could also be somebody that very rarely plays who you end up cutting in week 3. That's how it could be. So you keep that in mind as you're making that selection of Javante Williams. Michael Carter, ADP in the 10th round. He was the 1B to Williams 1A over at North Carolina. And he's being drafted three rounds after Javante Williams. And for me, that makes him a much better fantasy target than Javante Williams. You always want the guys, you always want value, right? That's the most important thing is value. If you hit on these late round guys, you're gold. That's it. That's how you win your league is hitting on these late round players. How many fantasy championships was James Robinson on last year? A lot. And he wasn't even drafted. He's probably somebody that was on the waiver wire for week one. Because if you can hit on these guys and still get the production from the guys you draft in the first and second and third round that you expect to get, it just makes things that much better. Not just for your team, but also as an asset, a trade asset. So Michael Carter going three rounds after Javante Williams, he's in a better spot right now. He's in a much better spot than Javante Williams. Who is he competing with? Tevin Coleman? LaMichael Pirine? Josh Adams? I mean, yeah, the Jets can bring somebody in, but right now, it's Carter and it's Coleman. And I know Carter was drafted in the fourth round. Well, you know what? That's horrible for the other teams that passed on him because the Jets were ready to take him at 66, and which is the... which is which is in the third round, but they traded that in order to move up in the first. And I believe them, because how many mock drafts actually had Carter in the fourth round? None. At least none that I saw. And this is a... I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here for now, okay? Just for a minute. And this whole Michael Carter thing. The same thing I talked about with Zach Wilson when I I did the uh, quarterback preview, uh, Fantasy Impact. 
There is a Jets bias. There is. It's in the NFL, and it's especially, especially in fantasy. Because when was the last time a Jets player was really fantasy relevant? It's been a long time. I mean, Crowder, okay, to a point. But for the same reason that Zach Wilson is going undrafted, while other quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, are going in the 10th, 11th, 12th round, when they're not even playing yet, is beyond me. It's a bias. And as a Jets fan, trust me, I know. Jets have been painful. They haven't had any fantasy-relevant players. Even when you sign somebody like Le'Veon Bell, he came to the Jets, his career died. But is this really, is this really the same Jets? Everybody loves Trey Sermon, who I'm going to talk about in just a second. Everybody loves Trey Lance. Well, I do too. But Trey Sermon has, has Raheem Mostert there. Wayne Gallman. They drafted another running back in Elijah Mitchell. Jamichael Hasty is there. Hell, even Kyle Uschek is there. And he gets some goal line work. And that's because Jeff Wilson also, who, who's going to be missing some time. But he'll be back. But yet people are drafting Sermon ahead of Carter. And since I was going to talk about Sermon next, I guess I can combine him with Carter. The Sermon has a round, a round up, a ninth round ADP right now. So he's going around up, but yet he has so many more players to deal with. So many more running backs he's competing with than Michael Carter. I don't care that he was drafted in the third round. I, I don't. I don't care. I don't think he's as good as Michael Carter. I sure as hell didn't have him ranked above Carter in the rookie rankings. Again, I didn't see many that did. So you're drafting Carter ahead. I'm sorry. You're drafting Sermon ahead of Carter. You're drafting Lance ahead of Zach Wilson. Yet it's Carter who's going to be playing earlier and more frequently than Sermon. It's Wilson that's going to be playing right away, while Lance is not, most likely. And the only reason is because it's Jets bias. This is the same. The Jets are running the same exact system that San Francisco is running. Same thing for Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. It's the same system. So if you love what San Francisco does with running backs, why won't you love what the Jets do with running back? And Michael Carter is a far superior pass catcher than Sermon. Far superior. And people are drafting Sermon as their RB3. And I like his upside. I don't want to sit here bashing. It's not like I'm bashing Sherman. I, I like him and I like his upside. But you're drafting him as your RB3 while he just may be the RB3 on his own team. So I'm going to look elsewhere in the ninth round unless, unless I somehow am in a draft where I take that zero running back approach. Otherwise, I'm looking elsewhere in the ninth round. And if they're both there and I wanted to go running back, Michael Carter's there, and Sermon's there, I'm taking Carter. Ten times out of ten. Unless something happens from now until the draft, right? Unless most dirt is cut or traded or, or gets hurt. In that case, okay, maybe not. 
But 10 times out of 10, as of right now on this day, I'm taking Michael Carter over Trey Sermon in my drafts in the ninth or 10th round. So what about Elijah Mitchell? Somebody else who San Francisco brought in in the draft. And they have a very deep room, and I like Mitchell. I actually wouldn't even be shocked if it's Mitchell who ends up being the best fantasy asset in the San Francisco running back room. Seriously. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's Mitchell and not Sermon. And the thing is, see, the reason why I'm even, I'm even doing a, a, fan, a rookie fantasy impact show, and, I'm, and I guess I did it for quarterbacks, I'm going to do it for wide receivers, is because we, as, as fantasy players, we fall in love with the rookies. Maybe even a little too much. And I am just as guilty as the next person. It's like a shiny new toy. So we love these guys. We think that all these guys coming in are going to be great. And they're not. They won't. A lot of it has to do with where they go, the coaching, everyone brings in. I loved Keyshawn Vaughn last year. How'd that work out? And I know I wasn't the only one. I know people on, on, on fantasy Twitter, which is different than actually being a fantasy analyst, by the way. But fantasy Twitter, I know some people that love Bryce Love. Love Bryce Love. Loved him more than Antonio Gibson. How'd that work out? So in a sense, we really don't know, but we fall in love with rookies. For whatever the reason is, we do. I'll tell you one rookie who I also like, Kenneth Gainwell, ADP in the 11th round. Now, as is the case, usually when you have a running back who's drafted in the mid to late rounds of their regular draft, you kind of find themselves in a crowded room, as Gainwell is in Philadelphia. But I personally like Gainwell better than players like Sermon because I see a more clear path to production than I do for Sermon, at least in the passing game, which in fantasy, who cares if it's running or passing? In fact, we probably want a passing because chances are you play in either a half PPR or full PPR league. If you play in standard, you're playing ancient. So, in fact, the passing game is obviously the way to go. You want the running back to catch the ball, and Gainwell catches the ball. And I'm not big on Miles Sanders anyway. I like Gainwell a lot coming out. So, again, if we're looking at ninth, 10th, 11th round, and I want to. I want to take a shot with one of these rookie running backs. And I'm looking at Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, and Elijah Mitchell. I'm sorry, or Kenneth Gainwell. Sorry, not Mitchell. Michael Carter, Sermon, or or Gainwell. I'm taking Carter. Then I'm taking Gainwell. Then I'm taking Sermon. That's how it's going to go for me. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this. Maybe I like Michael Carter so much. And he turns out to be this year's Keyshawn Vaughn, who I just mentioned I was so high on. That could be the case. I don't see it. I don't see it. It's not, it's not like he, you know, in Vaughn's, in Vaughn's case, they brought in, they already had Ronald Jones, who, and I wasn't crazy about. So I was high on Vaughn, thinking that he's going to surpass Jones, but then they also bring in Fournette. So, and, and so that's kind of how, and then obviously Vaughn goes back and back and back on the depth chart. I don't see that happening, O'Carter. I don't think there's anybody on the Jets team right now who who's going to 
bury him on the depth chart. I don't. I think they'll give Coleman the first crack. It'll be more of a share with him and and Car with Coleman and Carter because of the veteran presence and knowing the system. But I don't think it's going to be long between before Carter takes that over. Maybe completely. I don't know if he has the size to be a three down back. But this is fantasy. I want the points. He's going to be using the passing game. That much I know. A lot. I want those points. By the way, just to just to circle back a little bit to Sermon, I do really, really like his, his dynasty outlook. Okay, because next year, Mostert is gone. He's going to be a free agent, so he won't be back. And that's when that's when Sermon will really have his chance, I think, to be that complete feature type back. So I just wanted to say that he's I, I like his value more for Dynasty than I do redraft. Except again, I'm focusing on redraft and I'm going by where he's being drafted, which is still ahead of some other players such as Carter. Who else we got rookie wise? Ramondre Stevenson. New England Patriots, those that know me know I try to stay away, far away from the Patriots' backfield as possible, always, always, although I do like Damon Harris this year, but I try to stay far away from the Patriots' backfield as possible. Um, he's another one who I like a lot in um, in Dynasty. I like him more th- than Redraft here. Um he could carve out a a Legarrette Blunt type of role, okay? Uh, this year he's just he's a he's a big man, this is, all right. So he's just somebody to keep an eye. Not somebody I'm drafting, and that seems to be what's happening right now. Unless you're in a really really deep draft, you know, twenty plus rounds, he probably is not being drafted anyway. Um, I think a lot of that does have to do uh, because of the uh, uh, Patriots and just what you know what they do. Um, how about Chubba Hubbard, Carolina? Okay, obviously, you know, you got Christian McCaffrey there. Um, but you saw what happened with Mike Davis last year when McCaffrey went down. So maybe somebody you might want to grab late, you know, you know, one of the last round, one of the last rounds of your draft, especially if you are a Christian McCaffrey, um, if you roster McCaffrey. Um, Hubbard might be somebody that you want to go and grab late as an insurance policy. And that's pretty much all we really we need to focus on and and talk about as far as the rookie running backs. Um I'm trying to just I'm trying to stall for a minute just to see if I am missing anybody else. Uh Javian Hawkins over there in Atlanta, Khalil Herbert. Uh, Chicago, those are guys, again, you know, late, late, late round insurance policies. Um, Hawkins is interesting, though, to me, because, well, at least he was until, obviously, I saw Mike Davis and, and how he looks right now. But, um, you know, when you look at, at the Atlanta Atlanta backfield, everyone was expecting Atlanta to take a running back early. They did not. So Mike Davis appears to be their guy that they're going with as, as their number one. And... He, he looks like he's in, in, in phenomenal shape anyway. So, uh, but Javon Hawkins, when they, when they ended up, you know, he's just somebody, I was like, all right, somebody to keep an eye on in camp just to see how, how things are playing out. 
Um, he's probably better left on your waiver wire anyway. To start the season, the same thing with Herbert. Um, unless you want to, if if you're David Montgomery, if you roster Montgomery, you want to take a shot on Herbert late as insurance policy, go right ahead. Uh, I don't have the same confidence in him as I would Montgomery, especially if, or regardless, I should say, if Andy Dalton is the quarterback or Justin Fields. If Fields is in there, I think the running game takes a big hit in the backfield as far as that goes. And if Andy Dalton's there, you don't really need to worry about anything. So um, I'd probably leave him on the waiver wire as well. So I think that pretty much does it. Let me just recap. Najee Harris. Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Trey Sermon. I talked about Elijah Mitchell a little bit, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kenneth Gainwell, who obviously has more value in PPR leagues and PPR than he does in standard. Although, again, I don't really don't think we're focusing anything on standard. I don't think anybody plays that anymore. So most of the content that you'll see um, in fantasy uh, sites or whatnot is going to be based on most likely half PPR, sometimes PPR, depending on the site. I think half PPR is seems to be the new quote unquote standard, right? That that's what most people do. It's more fair because there still are some people who do play in standard. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's basically it. That's going to do it. I think Najee Harris is the guy I want and I'm willing to go as high as the mid to late uh, second round for him. I think he could be an RB one right out of the gate here. Um, Travis Etienne. I like a lot more, obviously, in those PPR leagues, but I do think by midseason or earlier, he will be a complete three-down running back for Jacksonville. Javante Williams, more so I like him a lot for Dynasty next year. I still think Melvin Gordon has a large, large role, at least until he breaks down or gets hurt. So I don't know how much Williams is going to factor in early. Michael Carter, I went on a whole rant about him. And the Jets, I like him better than... Javante Williams, actually based on the value, all right, because you're getting Carter three rounds later. I like him better than Trey Sermon, who is actually going around before him. Carter's going to be involved a lot earlier, and he's going to be more involved in the passing game, which I want. I talked about Sermon already that. There's a lot of people there, but people like him. Go ahead if you're willing to take that risk. I'm not. I think there are better options. Eliza Mitchell, Ramondre Stevenson, talked about Kenneth Gainwell, Hubbard. Herbert and Hawkins, I think that pretty much wraps it up for me. Plan on having one, at least one episode every week now for at least the rest of June. Then in July, we'll try to go into two episodes a week, hopefully. And we'll get ready. We're going to get you ready for your draft. We're going to win you this league. Be sure you head over to FantasyShed.com where this content is also going to be there downloadable cheat sheets are going to be up as early as I believe June 15th I believe is going to be the first edition of downloadable cheat sheets that you have that you could have download and print Um, they will have for half PPR as well as PPR formats I'll even maybe do a standard one here and there Uh, we'll have fantasy depth charts that you could download and print as well um the schedules are up there. Schedule grid, download and print out front. And this is all free right now, guys. It's all free. All right. There's no paywall at fantasyshed.com. Just go, you know, head on over and um, explore it around and then download and print whatever it is you want. 
Uh, just be sure that you are subscribed and that you check the site frequently for any updated content. Which, by the way, when we're talking about the cheat sheets, once they're up, they will be updated probably, I'd say, every two weeks until August. And then August, it is frequently, whether it's going to be once a week or even twice a week. Um, I try to update them as frequently as possible because that's, you know, the major draft time. So just keep that in mind. Um, anything else I need to touch on? I don't think so. Just like I said, head on over to FinishYourSet.com. Check that out. Make sure this you are subscribed to this podcast as well as the one I mentioned before, New York Sports Beat. That's a very good one as well for you New York sports fans. Um, yeah, because like I said, we plan on being out here and recording a show at least once a week, at least for the next few weeks, and then we go ahead into hopefully twice a week if possible once we get into July. Not the first week of July. Not the first week of July. From July 1st to the 10th, you will not have any podcast because I'm on vacation. And then we will go and ramp things up after that. All right. That's going to do it again. I know I said that quite a few times. You probably already tuned out. Hopefully you didn't. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Please subscribe to the show everywhere. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.